Turn with me in the scripture this evening to our text that we've looked at for some weeks uh, on Friday when I've been with you in 1 Samuel, the second chapter, verse 30. 1 Samuel 2.30 says, we we studied this earlier and saw that uh, Eli, Eli's sons who were in the priesthood, who had a right to be in there because God had chosen Eli's family, and yet his sons were despising the things of the Lord and treating them with contempt. They were stealing the people's offerings. Now, how many know you can't respect the offerings of the Lord and steal them? Right? They were having affairs with a lot of the women that came to the meetings. Uh, you, You can't be showing respect and honor for the things of God. And, and he had said specifically not to commit adultery and those kind of things. You're, you're despising the Lord's command. You're despising his holy things. And the Lord warned Eli to get a hold of these boys or else there were going to be repercussions. And he didn't listen. I guess if he did, goes, well, he did. He went and said to him, I hear some things, boys, that's not good and you need to quit. <laughs> And it didn't make any difference. They just kept right on. No. How many know it would have been the mercy of the Lord if they hadn't listened to him, if he'd have put them out? Amen. Hmm? If he said, now boys, I told you, I warned you, and you kept on doing this stuff, I'm I'm pulling you right now. And they could have cried. They could have got mad. They could have cussed. Somebody said, well, let's just be in hard. Now, let me tell you what hard is, losing both your boys in the same day. That's hard. And what some people call hard, it can actually be the mercy and grace of God. If people can get a wake-up call and make a change and judge themselves, then ultimately they won't be judged. Right? No, letting everything go is not loving people. I've heard people say, well, I love my child too much to discipline. I, I, love, I love the people that I'm working with. I love, I love them too much to, I, I just can't stand it. No, that's selfish. You can't stand how it makes you feel. For them to be mad and upset with you. If you loved them enough, you'd put up with their tantrums. You'd put up with them being upset with you and angry with you. Why? Because you care more about what happens to them than if they like you today or not. Good leaders. How many of the Bible said God chastens those he loves? Well, he's not the destroyer. You know, it's what some people have tried to say, well, that's just not true. And yet, on the other hand, he is, if you're going down the wrong path and you're going to destruction, then he's going to help you with that. And some of the help you might not like at first, but if you had any sense, you you could have just got it straight to begin with and never had to deal with any correction. Well, that's another subject. But they, they didn't listen. And so he said, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father should walk before me forever. This is something that was supposed to belong to Eli, his sons, their sons after them, their sons after them, succeeding generations. God had already given it to them. And yet he said, but now the Lord says, be it far from me. Did they lose something that should have been theirs perpetually? And why did they lose it? He said, be it far from me now. Now things have changed. For them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Everybody say that out loud with me. 
Them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. I really believe we should take these words to heart and let them be very big in our thinking and hearts and minds. You know, we put them over the the front of the uh, platform area down in Branson. Them that honor me, I will honor. It's been something the Lord has had us emphasize, not just starting a week or two ago, but for years now. And it seems like it's not, that's not changing or getting less, it's getting more. Something we're supposed to emphasize. All the words of the Lord are true, but the Lord will have us emphasize different things at different times. We live in a world and society where a lot of people know very little about honor. Very little. And you've got, uh, our society today is suffering from the effects of the rebellion of the 60s. Yes. Where people uh, threw all, they, they called it getting free. <laughs> but what it amounted to was disrespecting everything. You didn't respect any kind of authority or any kind of elder or Everybody, everything's just common and plain and no big deal and nothing's a big deal. And what happened is there is a devaluing and a disrespecting, which is exactly what the devil wanted to happen. He is the devaluer. The devil is the despiser and devaluer. And we want to be on the alert when you hear any despising and devaluing that you don't participate in that, that you resist it and stand against it. I want you to say it out loud. I am not a despiser. I am not a despiser. What happens if you despise the things of the Lord? According to this verse, put it up again. What's going to happen? You will be despised or lightly esteemed, which is another way to say despise. Let me read the definition of despise. To despise literally means to regard as little worth or worthless, to regard as negligible or insignificant, unimportant. If you despise something. Now, I think in our modern language usage, we've tended to think despise basically meant something similar to disgust. (laughs) If you despise something, you're just disgusted with it. But no, no, that's just not true. There are different degrees of despising, just like there's different degrees of honor. But it has to do with valuing things, what you value them, how much you value them. And the title of our series is Great Value. How how many think when it comes to the things of God, what kind of value should you put on them? You, You should highly esteem the things of God. They should be very precious and valuable in our eyes. But we live in a world of despising and devaluing. 
We will have to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind and see things differently than most of the world around us does. If we're going to value instead of despise. Now, what if you do honor God and his things? Would there be any results in your life (laughs) following that? Man, we ought to get excited about this. Don't you think so? What's going to happen if you genuinely honor God? You honor his things. Did you hear this phrase? God, God, the creator of the heavens and the earth is going to honor you. You reckon you'd know it if God honored you? I think so. No, I know so. But instead of begging God to honor us and give us favor and do things for us, or instead of just coming into some kind of works program where we are demanding and confessing that, you know, I have honor and favor 10,000 times a day. If we'll just honor him, he already told us he's going to honor us. Now, sure, it's fine to say and make a good confession and say, I'm the favorite of the Lord. I have favor with God and man. But if you don't honor him, your confession will have no power. You can claim favor all night and all day. But if you don't honor him, it's going to be empty, powerless words. How many believe our actions and our living has to be in line with what we say we believe in order to get results? You can't say one thing and live something else. It's not going to work that way. But if you honor him, Come on, tell me again, what's going to happen when we honor God? He will honor us. Now, we looked at this. You don't have to turn there necessarily if you're real quick. I I guess you can. But Matthew 10, we looked and saw where Jesus talked about when he sent his disciples into a town to preach the gospel. He said, find a house and people that's worthy in the town. Now, what you're going to hear this word several times tonight. What does it mean, worthy? We need to de-religiousize that word. Drop the Y off of it. And what do you got? Worth. We understand that. When you're talking about something is worthy, what are you talking about? It's worth it. Find somebody in town that's worth it. Amen. Yeah. Come on. Worth it what? It what? Worth you spending some time with them. Amen. Being with them. Well, what would determine them being worth it or not? Someone says, well, everybody's worth it, aren't they? Actually, no. <laughs> Actually, no. Someone says, you got to be kidding. You didn't say that. You heard me right. Yeah. <laughs> Worth what? We need to see what Jesus said. You remember he said, and if you do find somebody in that place worthy. Uh, now, I'm, not, I'm just kind of summarizing some of these things. Read this entire 10th chapter of Matthew for yourself to, to see what I'm talking about. He said, if you do find somebody and they receive you, then you say, peace be to this house. Remember that? Matthew 10:13. Put it up on the screen for us, please. If what? It's up on the screen. Yeah. If what? Be worthy. If the house be worth it. Uh-huh. 
Let your peace come on it. But if the house is not worth it. Let your peace return to you. And whosoever shall not receive you nor hear your words. When you depart out of that house or that city. That was what? Unworthy or not worth it. What do you do? Shake the dust off your feet. Well, now that's quite a uh, quite an action. Hmm. <laughs> you think about it. What if tonight I said, "So you don't like this? You don't want this? Well, okay. I'm done with you. Bye." And I left. Is that what he's talking about? It'd be like this. Now see, there's people that's got this idea about who God is and who Jesus is, and they wouldn't even believe this because they don't believe Bible things. They believe stuff they've concocted in their own head about who God is and what he is and what Jesus is. And they've got some kind of a combination of socialism and all of the kind of stuff that God if his will is perfectly done, then everything would be perfectly evenly divided among everybody, no matter who they are or what they are. God would just divide everything up perfectly evenly. That's just not the Bible. That's not true because not everybody should have the same thing or is worthy of the same thing. What the Lord reveals is that those that should have it are those who value it. And those who don't value it shouldn't have it. Have you read the Bible enough to know what I'm talking about? Now I know that doesn't jive with some people's political views and their religious views. But does your view line up with the Bible? Or is it just something you and some other man came up with? (laughs) What would make the house unworthy? We need to answer that. What would make the house unworthy? He said, if the house is worthy, let your peace, let your blessing come on it. And if it's not worthy, then it won't come on it and it won't stay on it. It'll come back to you. We know blessing is real. We know something real, tangible is happening here when they spoke by the authority and anointing and said, peace be on this house. That was not just to hope y'all do good. Mm-mm. Something very real was released on the house that would come on the house if the house was, King James language, worthy. If it wasn't worthy, it wouldn't come. If you read down in the rest of the chapter, he keeps talking about the same thing. In verse 31, he says, Fear not, you're of more value than many sparrows. What's he still talking about? Worth. Or here's another way of saying it, value. Verse 37, he brings it up again. He that loves father or mother more than me is not what? Worthy. Worthy or worth it 
of me. He that loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He that takes not his cross and follows after me is not worthy of me. What does this mean? Not worthy of. Now see, people have, uh, through religious thinking, have thought, well, some way or another, I, they are just substandard people. We're not good enough some way or another. We don't measure up. We're not good enough for his blessing. No, no. The short answer is none of us were good enough or ever could be. So Jesus had to make us righteous with his righteousness. Right? So then with that in mind, why wouldn't everybody just automatically be worthy then? Well, it's available to us. But what it comes down to is if you don't value it, if it's not, you know, worthy to you, you're not worthy of it. Come on, did you hear that? If it's not valuable to you, you're not worthy of it. And that puts us all on an equal footing. No matter where we come from, what we know, don't know, nobody is making you or me devalue or despise the things of God. And any of us could treasure the things of God if we chose to. Who's going to get the precious things of God? Who's going to be worthy? Those who treasure it. Who's God going to honor? Those who honor him. The word honor is one of the words is the word weighty, which today we'd say high priced. Because in those days, weighty meant if you wanted to buy this, they said it cost X amount of pounds or talents or shekels of gold or silver, that means you got to load the pan on the scale. And if it's real expensive, the price was heavy, <laughs> right? It was heavy. You had to pile up so much gold, it went clink. So if it was worth a lot, it was a heavier price. Now, he went on to say, if you... Love father or mother more than me, you're not worthy of me. If you love son or daughter more than me, you're not worthy of me. If you don't take your cross and follow me, you're not worthy of me. Verse 39, he that finds his life shall lose it. He that loses his life for my sake shall find it. I've had people try to tell me. It's just too hard serving the Lord. It's too hard working in the ministry. It just, it just, it takes too much of your time, too much of your thought. <laughs> well, there's a whole lot of people should be here in the house with us tonight Amen. and got no good reason why they're not here with us. There might be a couple if the Lord let them do something else, but there's a whole bunch of folks. They didn't have time for it. Why? It wasn't worth it. To them. To make the effort. Take their time. Get here. Whatever it costs to get here. It's going to cut into their Friday night. Right? (laughs) 
it wasn't worth it to them. Aren't you glad you're here? (laughs) It was obviously worth it to you. Some folks drove a pretty good way. Some folks spent some money, right? Some folks, why? And were you crying the whole time? Saying, this is going to burn a half tank of gas. You know how high gas is? (laughs) When you complain about the price... It's because you don't think what you're getting is worth what you're paying. And the problem is not that it's so hard serving God. The problem is that people don't value it enough. Because when it's important enough to you and precious enough to you, you will gladly pay any price. And not feel like you're being mistreated. You're so thrilled (laughs) that you get to be a part and But when you're griping and going, it's just too much trouble. It's just too much trouble, you know, driving that two and a half miles. <laughs> and I'm tired, and, and he preaches so long. And <laughs> No, what's the big problem? Folks don't value these things. Hadn't got time to read one chapter. In a 24-hour period. To them, it's not worth that. How many minutes? Putting the word first is not worth 15 minutes of my time, 20 minutes of my time. It's not worth it. Well, if that's how you feel, then you will be judged unworthy of some things too. If it's not worth it to you, you're not worthy of it. Now, I know this may not have been widely preached. and I know you may not want to shout and run the aisles when you hear it. But is it important? Do we want God to be able to honor us and bless us and take us up far from where we are? And into his good things and his big things and his great things. Who's going to get it? Oh, friend. There are believers on the planet, all, all over the planet tonight, that are bored out of their minds with Christianity and church. From the time they get in the door, they're just looking at their clock when they can leave. They are not excited about spending some of their time. To them, it is barely worth it. And then there's others. There are other Christians tonight throughout the world that the power of God is so real to them. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit's more real to them than their flesh and blood family. They're seeing miracles. They're involved in glorious things. Hallelujah. And they're spending their waking hours and moments and all the money they got and everything. Every strength they got to do the will of God and they don't feel oppressed or taken advantage of. They feel like the most blessed people on the planet, which they are. And God keeps sharing things with them and including them in his precious things. And they keep winding up at the right place at the right time. And people just keep looking at them and going, I don't know you, but I like you. Come on, get in here with me and let's, let's go do this. And they wind up at places where they just want to go. Wow, how did I get here? 
me. And you know why God's doing these special things for them? Because they value his things more than other people do. It's a heart thing. Come on, can you see it, friends? Mm-mm. Let me give you a scripture, Acts 13, for what we've been saying a couple of times here. Acts 13, verse 45. Paul and his company had preached. And at first, the people, the Jewish folks in the synagogue, the leaders, thought it was great. Until the crowds got bigger than they had ever had. And then their pride got to choking them. (laughs) And when they saw the multitudes, they were filled with what? Envy. And began to do what? Speak against the things that were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Now, this is not even honest. Because last week they thought it was great. Why did they change and do a 180 and now they're blaspheming and contradicting what Paul is teaching? Just because they're envious. Because they got upset because his crowds were bigger than theirs. (laughs) Look what he said to them. Paul and Barnabas waxed bold. How many think modern preachers ought to wax bold sometimes? (laughs) (laughs) They said it was necessary. That the word of God should be, have spoken to you first. But seeing you put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life. We're going to take this to the Gentiles. See you. You don't want it. They'll take it. Do we need to know some things about this? Is this really how God is? See, they're they're being hypocrites and dishonest, deciding over the week. They don't agree with what Paul teaches anymore. They're they're opposing it and fighting it. And boy, the Spirit of God come on Paul and Barnabas and they said, look, okay, you don't like it anymore. It was necessary. (laughs) Kind of sounds like we didn't really want to come anyway, but... (laughs) We had to come and preach it to you first because the Lord wanted to offer it to you first. Right? Because your forefathers have covenant with God and it belongs to you, right? But (laughs) seeing you are rejecting it and you are pushing it away. And what did he say they were doing? See, he didn't even say God judged them unworthy. Who judged them unworthy? Of everlasting life. They did. They judged themselves In saying. We don't want this anymore. We don't want to hear it. We don't want you preaching in our synagogues anymore. We don't believe in all this stuff. Well how many understand. They're not just disrespecting Paul and Barnabas. Who are they disrespecting? Whose word is this? Who called and sent these men to begin with? They are in God's face saying, we don't want this. We don't believe this. The Bible said they were blaspheming. An example of blasphemy is when you call something that's of the Holy Spirit of the devil. And boy, that's that's somewhere you don't want to go. How many have read scriptures about that? 
blaspheming against the Holy Ghost. You don't want to do that. And he said, sin, you don't want it. We're going to the Gentiles. And he did. And they wanted it. And while those stuck in the mud, folks were still griping and complaining about it. Folks in Ephesus, heathen. You talk about heathen. Whoo! <laughs> heathen. We're getting born again and filled with the Holy Ghost and saying, this is what we've been waiting on our whole life. And worse heathen in Galatia and, and Corinth and, and all those places came in and got saved by the tens of thousands. Come on, are you listening? They did want it. They did want it. How many think when God offers us something, we ought to be overjoyed? Is that right? We ought to jump. We ought to shout. We ought to go, thank you, Lord, for giving it to me. Thank you for letting me have a part. Thank you for for letting me be involved. And we need to remind ourselves that there are billions of people on the planet. God could be using somebody else. Is that right? And if we stop appreciating it and valuing it, we stop being qualified for it. When it's not worth it to us anymore, we're no longer worthy of it. Praise the Lord. Come on. Very important. Very important. Turn with me to the book of Matthew. Matthew 21. I'll tell you what, for time's sake, let's go to 22 and then we, we may back up. We'll see. Is it worth your time? Yes. Watch how you answer. <laughs> Is the word of God worth your time? Yes. Huh? Yes. You know, I was in a prayer meeting one night. And don't misunderstand me. Preachers go too long sometimes. They keep going after they get through. (laughs) But unless you've done it, don't throw too many rocks. Because uh, there's a lot of ways you can think wrong about it. But uh, the service had gone long. I was getting a little antsy. And uh, I was thinking, okay, all right, let's wind this thing up. Let's wind this thing up. I didn't say it. I'm just kind of thinking. Okay, all right. Okay, okay, all right, good, let's wind her on down, yeah, yeah, all right, she's not going to wind it down. And the Lord, the Spirit of God inside me, I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but like he'll speak to any Christian if you learn how to listen. He prompted my heart, he said, uh, what are you in a hurry to get away from? And what are you in a hurry to get to? What are you running away from? And what are you running to? You're in a hurry to get out of here. Away from and to. And I realized this is not just rhetorical or he wants an answer. <laughs> and so I uh, I thought, let's see, let's see. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to get out from the church and away from from preaching and the Bible. <laughs> and if the Spirit of God is manifesting, and I'm wanting to get to a guy. How many of you, no need in trying to play God. I mean, right, you, you better just lay it out because he already knows. I said, I'm hurrying to watch the news and eat a sandwich. That's what... <laughs> That's what I'm in a hurry to do. And when you say it like that, it just doesn't sound real spiritual. 
Moving right along. Matthew 22, are you there? Matthew 22, about verse 1. Jesus answered and spake to them again by parables, and he said, The kingdom of heaven is like to a certain king which made a marriage for his son. And he sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding. And they what? They what? So are they showing respect to what he's asking them to do? They would not come. Again, he sent forth other servants and said, Tell them which are bidden, which are invited, behold. Now, they didn't come. They didn't respond. So he's telling them again, and he's telling them how good it is and how much effort and expense he has gone to preparing this for them. He said, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatlings are killed. We've got prime rib. We got porterhouse. We got some of the best T-bones that you have ever seen. And all things are ready. Come. We're going to have a time. And I have personally invited you. I mean, I reckon they had the written invitation and everything. It's a marriage. And it's a marriage feast. Now, this is not just something you went and watched a ceremony for 15 minutes. This was an all-day deal. You understand? You went, and man, you ate. You had a great time. You were there all day, and probably half the night. But they did what? Now, come on. Here is the sad phrase. They did what? Come on. Somebody say they made light of it. Is this one of the worst mistakes they ever made? They did what? Now, what's another way of saying that? They despised it. Or another way of saying it, they failed to value it. They did not value this opportunity, this invitation. And they went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. Keep reading. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and even killed some of them. Well, how much more disrespectful can you be to not only not respond to the invitation, but hurt and even kill the messengers? I mean, that's as blatant of a disrespect and devaluing, despising as you could do. Now, why is Jesus telling this? Because this is what has been happening in the earth And continuing to happen to the present hour. This is exactly what's been happening. When the king heard of it. He was wroth. And he sent forth his armies. And he destroyed those murderers. And he burned up their city. Keep going. Then he said to his servants. The wedding's ready. But they which were bidden were what? Not worthy. worthy. What made them not worthy? You can't say. They weren't of intrinsic worth and value enough. He invited them. He picked them. He selected them and asked them to come. And even when they ignored him, he tried to get them to come again, didn't he? He said, come on, it's going to be great, guys. Come on, you need to get in on this. What made them unworthy? They decided his invitation was meaningless. 
they decided that me going, working my oxen is more important. That's worth my time. Me coming to your party is not. Who judged them unworthy of, of, of this? They judged themselves unworthy of it. He said they which were bidden were not worthy. Go into the highways and as many as you shall find bid to the marriage. Tell them to come. Keep going. Keep reading. So those servants went out in the highways and gathered together all as many as they found both bad and good. Again showing you it's not some intrinsic value that made the person worthy because they scooped up some rough folks off the side of the road. Is that right? (laughs) And the wedding was furnished with guests. Oh, come on. Do you see what's going on here? If you read Luke's account, Luke 14, verse 18, Luke brings this out. He said, they all with one consent begin to make excuse. And they said, I bought a piece of ground and I must needs go and see it. I pray, have me excused. No, they said, I got five yoke of oxen. I go to prove them. I pray, have me excused. So they're polite on some of this. It got ugly later. Another one said, I married a wife. And, and so you understand, I can't come. <laughs> I know you understand. And did the master understand? No, he did not. He did not say, I know you're busy. I know you got a lot of things going on. I know you can't always come when I call. I'm, okay, maybe next time. Catch you next time. Mm-mm. No. No. He was angry. He said, go quickly to the streets and lanes. Bring in the hither, the poor, the maimed, the halt, the blind. Verse 24, for I say, they said it's commanded. He said, I say. None of those men which were bidden, which were invited, shall taste of my supper. Was it theirs? Was the invitation theirs? Was the place theirs? Did somebody else enjoy it? Why? Now think about who got to enjoy the presence of the king. And this is prophetic, isn't it? Who's going to get to enjoy? (laughs) Who's going to get to enjoy the presence of the king? He found people on the side of the road. Good and bad. So let's think about some of the bad. Shifty characters. Questionable guys. And he said, the king's inviting you to his wedding party. Can you come? They didn't say, let me check my my calendar and see if I can work this in. No, no. He said, Got good food? Man, do we have good food. He said, I'm in. I'm there. I am there. Come on. Do you know who gets used? The people who show up. Is that right? The people who are not too busy with other things. That's who gets included in the things of God. And here's something I think a lot of folk have never seen. There are some people who aren't qualified. Who have a checkered past. Who were not the first ones God chose to do it. But because these guys couldn't be bothered with it. And were too busy and refused to give it their time and place. Here the shifty guy. Come on are you listening? Gets used 
And he's going, you let me do it? Oh, man, that'd be great. I'm there. I'm there. And he's there, and he's the one that gets used. And I don't care how rough you are or how unable or untalented. What does that concern God? His big thing is not how smart you are and not how talented you are. He can add talent to you like that. He can brighten you up like a light bulb. You know what he needs? Somebody that's simply got time for him. That acts like his things are important. And that they're not being punished to read their Bible or pray or go to church. (laughs) Somebody say, I'm glad to be here. I am just glad to be here. Are you now? I'm so blessed. Thank you, Lord. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Do you have time for the Lord? I want to know. He wants to know. Do you have time for him? Are his things precious to you? I asked the Lord that question. I've heard more than once. People say, it's just so hard, you know, getting the kids around and getting them to church. And, and you know, I work all week. And Sunday's my only day to rest. And, and um, it's just too hard. It's just, what are they saying? It's not worth it. The price is too high. And yet, look at what they'll spend time on. Right? (laughs) What they will spend time, what is worth their time and effort and money to them. No, it's not that it's so hard. It's that people value it so pitifully, so small. To them, it's not important. I've been praying and asking the Lord. And you, if you've been here before, you heard it. But if you haven't, please join with me. I'm asking the Lord, uh, Phyllis and I and our churches and our partners, Lord, show me how to honor you, how we can and the churches and the ministry honor you more than we ever have before. How to value you and treat your things and your people, your spirit, your word with the reverence and with the value, with the esteem that we should. None of this, whatever, no big deal. They're saying it's not worth it. It is a big deal. I said it is a big deal. Reading your Bible is a big deal. Coming to church is a big deal. Hearing the words is a big deal. Praying is a big deal. What's happening in the church and the earth is a very big deal. What God's doing in the earth, his plan is a very big deal. It's the biggest thing happening on the planet. Yeah. I know some people think it's not, but all the stuff they think so big is going to come and it's going to go. Amen. And nobody's going to remember it a million years from now. Is that right? Our care. Amen. But you and I, thank God, we're involved in the greatest thing that has ever happened. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And ever will happen. And we're right in the middle of it. Amen. What are you, are you kidding? Do I have time for this? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, all my time for this, all my money for this, all my energy for this. You agree? You feel the same way? Go with me, please, to Matthew 26. I want us to look at something that's sobering. And yet, if we are prepared with the word, 
We can see these things coming and not be ignorant of the enemy's devices. And him not be successful in leading us down a path of despising. In Matthew 26, verse 14. says, Then one of the twelve called Judas Iscariot went unto the chief priests. And he said to them, What will you give me? And I'll deliver him to you. Now let's just stop right here. I've heard all kinds of things. People said Judas had no choice. It was prophesied. He had to go do this to fulfill his. No, 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 no. He initiated this. And he didn't say, I don't want to be here, but I have to be here. And no, you want to understand this. But I got to do this. No. What, what does he lead with? What are you How much? He knew they were looking for him. He knew they were trying to get him. He wants to know how much. What will you give me? I know people don't want to believe it was about money. <laughs> but it was. It was about money. What will you give me and I'll turn him over to you? And they covenanted with him. How many think this bunch he's talking to is not somebody you want to get in covenant with? But he did. They agreed in a binding contract for for the astounding price of what? 30 pieces of silver. Now this had been prophesied in the Old Testament. You remember reading about it back in Zechariah, the 11th chapter, long before Jesus was born. Have you have you noticed and seen how that everything Jesus did and everything happened to him was foretold? Amen. Centuries, I mean in detail. Back in Zechariah 11, verse 12, the Lord told the prophet to do a certain thing and he came before him. He said, if you think good, Zechariah 11, 12, give me my price. And if not, forbear. So they weighed for my price. How much? 30 pieces. These are centuries before Jesus was born. 30 pieces of silver. And the Lord said to me, cast it to the potter. To what? Does this sound like something you've heard before? To the potter. The goodly price that I was prized at or priced at of them. And I took the 30 pieces of silver and cast them to the potter in the house of the Lord. Was that portraying exactly what was going to happen centuries later with Jesus? How much is Jesus worth to these people? 30 pieces of silver. How much is he worth to you? So anyway, verse 16, back in Matthew 26, verse 16, from that time, he sought opportunity to betray him. Why? He wants that money. He wants that money. Don't let some kind of religious block come over you in looking at this. This really happened. Judas traveled with Jesus. He had such a 
a relationship with them. They trusted him to handle the money. (laughs) He carried the bag. He had access to the ministry's funds. And uh, how many are convinced Judas didn't start out like this? Who picked Judas to come travel with them? Why did he pick him? Just to come cause them trouble? No. No. How many think when Judas heard Jesus say, you need to come follow me. You need to come with me. What do you think Judas' response was back before any of this ever happened or was in anybody's mind? How many think he was overjoyed? How many think he was thrilled? He thought, oh. And he stood out there with those crowds and he heard the, the messages. And you think I go along sometime? <laughs> Man, they'll be out there two days at a time. Is that right? Three days at a time. Never leave and go to the house. And, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Judas would have been overjoyed seeing the miracles, seeing the healings, and the amazing things. And yet, something happened to him. What happened to him? Without knowing the details, I can tell you exactly what happened. What has happened to everybody that has gone this way, he started listening to the wrong voices. He started thinking the wrong thoughts and listening to the wrong thing. What were these thoughts and things telling him? They were devaluing Jesus. Questioning him. Well, why did he do that? Well, I I just don't understand why Jesus didn't do that. They asked him nicely. Or I asked him nicely. He acts like he don't care about money. (laughs) Does he not understand? If we would do this and we would do that. And if if he would just talk some more about his products. (laughs) If he would just. And then he'd punch Peter and John. Would you talk to him? He won't listen to me on this. And they said, look, no. No. Drop it. It didn't happen overnight. This didn't happen overnight. But as weeks went by, he's listening to the wrong things. He's thinking the wrong things. And how many know the devil is the accuser of the brethren? He's trying, and I know it might sound hard for us to believe, but he is accusing Jesus to Judas. He should be doing this. He shouldn't be doing that. How many know he should know better? And he should cut it off. But he didn't. But what's the enemy really after? He wants to take Jesus down off of this high value place that Judas has him. Come on now. Is he really all that? That's got to be a mistake. That can't be right. So bring him down just a little Bring him down just a little more. Devalue. Despise. 
undervalue, underestimate, until you get to the point where I don't know what I ever saw in him. Does he not understand? Jesus needs to get a clue. These Romans are not playing. And if he'd just strike a deal with the leaders of the synagogue, but no, I mean, he gets out here and makes it worse. And this sermon, did you hear the sermon on eat my flesh and drink my blood? You got to be kidding me. Who can you blame them? Two thirds of the crowd got up and left. Do you understand what has happened to the flow of our finances in the last three months? He's too money minded. He never got rid of that. No doubt it was an issue when he joined up, but this other thing was dominating his life, so it was held at bay. But now when he's listening to the enemy, it's allowed to resurface again. Never really got it fixed. And he gets to the place where he is so despising what he's a part of and everything he's around that he is willing to betray and sell out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. To him, it's worth it. What's worth it? 30 pieces of silver is worth permanently severing his relationship with Jesus and turning him over to people he know wants him dead. So he did. How much money are we talking about? Well, you know, you have to translate it some way into today's. Some people have said it was maybe six months or more of wages. One thing we know for sure, it was enough to buy a small field, a nothing special field. Wound up to be a cemetery for people that had no money. So this is not a prime garden spot in the city. How big was it? Half acre? I don't know. Acre? Wasn't real big. And in today's money, what would it be? $20,000? $50,000? $150,000? Either way, he got so into this that, yeah, good trade. Is the devil a deceiver? Is he a liar? Should we let him bring thoughts to our mind and play with us to get us to devalue and despise? What's valuable in our life? Come on, help me out. Help me out. Do we know what's value in life? Our great God is above the price of money, right? Jesus, our Lord and Savior, the wonderful Holy Spirit, the Word of God, all our brothers and sisters. Is that right? Price far above any dollar amount that you could ever fix. Do we believe that? Well, now here's the big question. Do we live like it? Do we act like it? Because when it comes time to do something and make choices day in and day out, and we choose not to do it, we just said in our action, it's not worth it. Eh, It's not worth me taking my time doing that, going over there. And it's not like the kingdom of God's going to stop. And it's not like if all of us here decided, you know, 
that Faith Life Church and those Friday nights and those Sundays and all that, you know, I just, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do that anymore. And I said, you know what? Me either. <laughs> Let's just scratch this. We got other things we can do. Does that mean the plan of God's going to come to a screeching halt? And the kingdom of God is not going to have accomplished any of what God intended from the beginning. Oh no, no honey, it's going to sail right on just with somebody else instead of you and me. That's right. But I tell you what, that I don't even like thinking about that. Do you? I, I'm thinking, no, no. It's like the Lord said, if these didn't cry out, the stones would cry out in their place. How many would say, I don't want no stone doing my praising for me. Is that right? And I don't want nobody else in my place getting my blessing, getting my reward. No, no, no. Well, you can be secure in your position as long as what? Come on, help me. Do you know what's going to determine? As long as to you it is precious and you're excited about what God is doing, what he's letting you be a part of, and you show it, you demonstrate it's valuable by getting up, getting there, getting in with both feet. Is that right? Giving it your time and your effort and your money and your talent and all those things. You're saying, not only is it worth it, it's a deal. Is that right? I mean, the hardships and sufferings are not even worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed. Too high of a price? No way, no how. Best deal I ever got. God letting me be a part. Letting me be involved. Letting me have a part of this. Oh, thank you, Lord. Paul said he counted us worthy. Counted us faithful. Putting us into the ministry. Hallelujah. And Paul, you know, he felt that way. He, he said, I was a blasphemer. I persecuted the church. And how many know when he met Jesus on the road to Damascus and he got saved, he never got over that, did he? Amen. I'm telling you what, man, that guy, he traveled the known world. He was shipwrecked. He was beat up. He was stoned. Is that right? I mean, he went through, a, do you hear him crying and moaning? No, he says all that's not even worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed. Hallelujah. 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 He was the Pharisee's golden boy on the fast track to leadership over the whole thing. And he said, you know what? I count all that dung. (laughs) It's just dung compared to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Do you miss it, boy? Do you miss it, boy? No, I don't miss any of it. Tell us what you had to give up for Jesus. Ever heard heard people say that? I left this. I left that. And I didn't want to, but I said, okay, Jesus, I'll do it for you. What are they acting like? They're acting like what they're getting is almost not worth the terrible price they had to pay. You can't feel like that very long. You'll get to the point where you won't want to pay it anymore because you don't think it's worth it. Get to thinking like Judas. Judas didn't start out as Judas. People that have left the Lord didn't start out that way. I believe the Lord's helping us tonight. I believe he's putting something in us that'll help us and safeguard in years and times to come. Do you believe that? And the big thing, I believe his desire for us is that we raise up in honoring him because he wants to. 
honor you. He wants you and I. Oh, glory to God. I'm speaking by the Spirit now. I desire to bring you in to some stronger things, some precious things, some higher things, things I've offered others. But no, they had no time. Too busy, too busy, too involved. And so time passed by and they missed that window and they missed that opportunity. But there are those in the earth who have a heart that is wholehearted toward me. And I hear their cry and their heart reach and deep calls unto deep. And I do respond unto them and bring them into the deep things of God and bring them into the deep water of glory and bring them up to the high place in light and power. Say, I want it. Say, I desire it. Say, there is no price too great for me to pay to be closer to my God and be more in his holy things. Lord, here I am. Use me. Oh, somebody say, Lord, here I am. Use me. Come on, stand up and say it again. Lord, here I am. Use me. All I have. All I am. All I can be. All I can do is available to you. Do you mean it? Do you mean it? Lift up your hands and praise Him. Oh, Lord, we worship You. Oh, Lord, we worship You. Oh, Lord, we worship You. Oh, come on, say, Lord, I worship You. 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 Oh, come on and praise him some and worship him some. Don't get in too big of a hurry. Lord, I worship you. I extol you. I glorify you. I magnify you. Precious, precious are your thoughts to me. Precious are your words to me. Precious is your church, your sons and your daughters to me. Precious. Precious are your holy things. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say precious, precious, precious of the highest value, of the greatest worth are you and your things and your people, oh God. Oh, hallelujah. I covet earnestly the gifts of your Spirit and the things of your Spirit. I covet earnestly the things of your Word. Oh, praise you, Lord. 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 This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, 
visit our website at morelife.org.